I do want to mention the pizza slice. Next time I get pizza, I'm fucking stacking them like that. I've never done that in my life. <laughs> well, I thought he just folded them. I didn't know he stacked he them. Stacked I thought he stacked them. Oh, he fucking stacked. I had to pause okay. it. Like, is he fucking? Is he stacking pizza slices just on top of each other? Not like a not like a, a, a fucking calzone. Like one on top of the other. Huh. Like yeah, see, I thought he folded it, and I even thought that. I'm like, damn, that pizza looks good. I even said it, too, and Tammy's like, you don't even like New York pizza. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like New York, New York pizza. It's not the best. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different different album, different band, different artist, and we break down one of the records, uh, even though this week's a little bit different because we're doing a soundtrack. But um, yeah, and then we try to have a good time doing it. We, uh, we talk all about it and all that good stuff. Uh, my name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Uh, while you're listening, go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and five stars only. Uh, all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. And we have a phone number. You can call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And now that the boring intro is out of the way. That was boring. What are we doing today, Jeff? We are doing the soundtrack to the movie Saturday Night Fever. movie Saturday Night Fever was released December 16th, 1977. The soundtrack features songs from the Bee Gees, Casey and the Sunshine Band, Cool and the Gang, and many more. 
It's one of the most successful soundtracks of all times of all time, selling over 40 million copies worldwide. And it was added to the Library of Congress for being culturally and historically significant. Now, Jeff, what is your um, what's your origin story with Saturday Night Fever? The movie, the soundtrack, all of it. What do you got? Go. The first time that I saw this movie was in high school. Um, semi-grade at some point, I talked about it, and I watched it, and, and that was when Netflix was still doing the uh, the, the subscription oh, thing like, where they send you yeah, DVDs, DVDs, remember? Yeah. And oh, so, yeah. like, I, I would just, because my intention span, um, I was I was more eager to for, for knowledge, I guess, or something. I watched a lot of these older movies just constantly, and that's the first time I saw it. Didn't really like it that much. Um, I like the music, though, because I really always liked Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah. But um, I didn't really like the movie that much. Didn't really understand. I thought it was kind of goofy. And then fast forward to essentially like when I moved to Arizona and we went to the Tuesday night movies at the local theater where it's like five bucks and they play old movies. And we saw Saturday Night Fever there. And I was like, holy fuck, this is uh, problematic things aside. Like, holy shit, this is a, a fucking timepiece. This is absolutely amazing. This is what I think is a great representation of what life was like for these people during this time at the, the essentially the height of the disco craze right before the downfall. Mm-hmm. And I think this is uh it, it's, it's great, but I do like disco. I've never, I've never, I've never like been one to really hate on disco. I like disco. I love Casey and the sunshine band. I have their, their, their albums on the vinyls. I listen to mm-hmm. them. I listen to them this week. And I've always just I've always liked disco. It's fine. I don't hate it. I think it's fun. There's a time and place for it. So when we get into like the album of the week, I have a lot of bangers. But I will say, if it's like raining outside and I'm I'm feeling like Pulse of Service, I'm not gonna jump from Pulse of Service to Saturday Night Fever to Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> Disco's definitely I gotta be I gotta be in the mood for it. And even then, I can only really take it for so long. Yeah. But I do I do yeah. enjoy it though. All right. Uh, my, my origin story, I saw it in high school. Uh, I, I took a film class in high school and we watched it and I remember nothing from it. I remember not enjoying it. And um, I, I've never been into disco. I never got it. I still don't get it. Um, but yeah, I never watched it. I haven't watched it since then. And I threw it on a couple days ago and uh, <laughs> I was watching it with, with Tammy and uh, she was like, what is this? This is like why uh, why are we watching this and i said ah, i'm just i didn't tell her we were doing it on the podcast and i said ah, i just haven't seen it in a long time and then it finished and she's like i don't get it why why is this movie so popular and i in some ways i agree i don't think it's that great of a movie the soundtrack i don't care for disco really i i understand its significance you know in the music industry and all that kind of stuff but i just don't like this genre of music i really oh, baby, don't here we go here we go i really don't man i and i i really thought I the you. movie was going to be something completely different i thought it was going to be something completely different not john travolta whining the, the entire time okay. um but uh yeah that, that that's my origin story kind of my initial thoughts on on the on the movie and the soundtrack and also real quick before we, we dive deep into this this is different because the soundtrack doesn't tell a story. The soundtrack are just songs that were in the movie multiple times. Um, so they don't progress the story whatsoever. Like we've done other soundtracks like Rocky Horror, Nightmare Before Christmas a couple weeks ago. And that's those are proper musicals. Those are ones that progress the story. This one does not do that at all. 
Right. It's just a handful of disco songs and scores. So let's just jump right into this. I mean, we're not going to, so we're not going to go track by track. We're just going to kind of give our biggest bangers. If we have any stinkers, we're going to go through those. So do you have any stinkers? I have no stinkers. No. Okay. I don't either. I don't think anything was bad on this. Everything was appropriate for the movie, but I, yeah, I have no stinkers. I, I, I also had like, I had some village people on the vinyls too. Mm-hmm. And I think I would still, I still own a 45 of Macho Man because that's my favorite Village People song. <laughs> um, that song song's such a fucking banger. It is. But I, I don't. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. But like, I, 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 I listen to this because I have this on the vinyls too, Saturday Night Live. I have a clean copy, OG pressing. Fever, but that's fine. I'm going to say it a lot this week or this, this episode. <laughs> I've been saying it a lot this week just in my mind to myself. So yeah, yeah I, I have this on the vinyls. I like it. I love this soundtrack. I think it's fantastic. I do enjoy disco. This movie was was in some ways difficult to watch because the appropriation of disco itself in how it's portrayed in the movie is like, come on, man, that's fucking dumb. But then it was <laughs> a lot darker than than. So like when I saw it in theaters, I think it was like two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. It was a lot darker yeah. than I remember. I was like, wow, I don't remember this being this fucking dark, man. Like, good it thing really I did is. not bring the kids. Because usually I bring the kids to all these old, like, 70s rated R movies because maybe they see, like, one boob or they say, like, a bad word one time and that's it. But this one was like, holy fuck, man, there's there's some serious shit in here. And, like, yeah, it, it glosses over it pretty 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 nonchalantly in ways that are that are tough to kind of get by. And, like, the main character, Tony's kind of a bad dude in a way that, that he's, not, he's not really redeemable in any way. No, so, it- that's what I was so surprised about. Like the, the the whole movie starts out. I love the beginning of the movie. Like oh, the, the, so cre- the credit, good, dude. The credit stuff. Like you know, it just kind of goes into the city, and then the song starts, and then Travolta's just like strutting down the street with his his suit on and everything. And I'm like, dude, this is fucking rad. This is so cool. Like I w- I was really really excited for it. And then all of a sudden, it just like takes a complete left turn, and it's like, wow, this is this is really dark. I mean. Just real quick, what they touch upon, you know, rape, suicide. Well, like gang rape Those are the and also yeah, rape. Yeah. Like the main character, Tony, is, is essentially going to rape the main the main woman in the movie. Main, yeah, it's and crazy. And she forgives him like the next, the, that, that scene's the next day. <laughs> yeah. And well, she I mean, even says, honestly, she even says, I don't, so stupid. I don't normally like let a rapist into my house. And then she's like, but come in. Oh my God. I know, right? It's, oh my it's just God. bad writing, dude. It's bad writing. But like this is this is man, there's just so much. This is nineteen seventies New York City. Nineteen yeah. the New York in the seventies was an absolute shithole. Crime was at its like peak. Yeah. Especially like 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 the inner cities and, and, and the Bronx and Brooklyn, these these kind of like ghettos were just fucking decimated. The, people like claim that all those fires that were happening in like the Bronx in the seventies were because these these people or corporations that own these high-rise rental places because they were so dilapidated and it would cost more money to fix them up they just burned them for the insurance money so that they could walk away and start new somewhere else essentially leaving wild. leaving these like these the, the boroughs to to rot and the 70s were a fucking rough 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 time for new york city arguably yeah. like one of the roughest new york city's ever seen you know so it's, I get it's it. like we, we've talked about like oh like what's the time period or what's the time you'd ever you want to go back and like experience you know and i always thought like 1960s 70s new york las vegas and los angeles 
like those three cities, like in the sixties and seventies, I would love to go in a time machine and see them just to see like how kind of dirty, gross, fucked up it was. It actually was, you know, like, it, it was definitely fucked I mean, it'd be up scary as hell. Yeah. It'd be scary as hell, but it's just like, it's such it, to me, it's so fascinating just how these cities were so terrible back in that time. And, and now I mean, a lot just, of them, you know, have come back, but just, also gone back. Just reading about how disco was formed, why it was formed. It was, it, it's, it's fucking disgusting. It is disgusting the way people were treated. And I think like to really get an appreciation for why this movie is better than you think it is, because <laughs> it is better than you think it is. It really is. I think to get like an appreciation for that, we need to like understand where disco came from, like who started disco really, and like who 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 is disco for? Like who is the the target audience for disco, right? Yeah. And so, kind of like uh, the music coming up from the '60s, and that's very the hippie movement and the counterculture stuff. But that's a that's a, that's a that's a white people thing. The biggest yeah. names were all like the white people, the folk artists. And so we have this group of people that are doing like the psychedelic funk stuff. And then we get into like the early seventies where we're having like the start of the black exploitation films. And so now we're getting these marginalized groups of, of essentially like, like black people and then gays. Right. Yeah. Because the first like gay, the gay March, gay pride March, that was not until like 1970 coming out of the late sixties. Riots Mm -hmm. were happening in New York in the late sixties. Because, like, police were raiding gay bars. Why were they raiding gay bars? Because people in these gay bars, I guess, dress up. They cross-dress. And so police were allowed to go into these gay bars, put people against the wall, and physically check to see if they were a man or a woman. If you were cross-dressing, you get thrown in the slammer. This fucking happened. The Stonewall riots. These were things that happened. And this was, like, late, late 60s, 1969. These were actual riots happening because police were raiding bars to like physically check how what are you how the fuck is that even like how did this happen on earth i know and this it wasn't even that long ago it's not know? that long ago yeah so this is this is why disco is happening in the 70s and disco is happening in the 70s because now we're seeing like motown kind of like really get into their own and and become something more than just oh yeah that's just motown that's its own separate sect it's like well no that's there's a lot of like really great songwriters that were also like white people that were writing for Motown, and a lot of black people from Motown were writing for white people that were in like the the counterculture hippie movement. So there mm-hmm. should have been there should have been what you call integration between the two, but there wasn't because yeah. we want to romanticize the '60s and early '70s as this great cultural movement, which it was. There's a lot of good stuff, but like there's there was a lot of bad stuff. Terrible shit, yeah. And so I think disco. I don't think this this is not like my opinion. This is a lot of opinion on on the internet's that disco came about because these marginalized groups wanted some place to go to feel safe, to be with each other, to integrate themselves. And that's why disco was formed. So given that, I think it's great that disco exists because it exists for a certain type of people and that's their fucking music. You don't like it? Don't go. Who gives a fuck, right? Uh-huh. But then here, Karen lies the problem with Saturday Night Fever. We got fucking John Travolta starring in it and all of his friends are white. All of the main characters are white. And so now we have this 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 thing that was that was created to to make people feel inclusive that were normally not able to feel inclusive. Now they can't do it anyway because the biggest movie that's ever been for their genre of music is done by people that are not them. Yeah. And even in the movie, you know, they, they go and get in a fight with um the the Puerto Rican gang. 
you know, which based off of race, you know, the racist brawl or racist fight, you know, which I'm not I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to to the language in the movie. Like I'm not well, opposed yeah, to no, watching. I wasn't talking about the language. Right, I'm talking I'm about the actual that. little fight. Well, I'm, I'm not opposed to, to gang fights, and this is the 1970s. That's I, I get it. It's just like why am I watching fucking John Travolta fight a bunch of Puerto Ricans when like this is not his this is not his scene. Is yeah, that who you? No, you're, yeah, you, you're not a representation of the scene, and that's but stupid. See, that that's was silly. that was such a weird thing about the movie. It's like you know you go in and Travolta's like he's loved by everybody at at the discotheque. You know, they, they just, everybody wants to dance with him. All the girls love him, you know, and he really is like a fucking great dancer, though. Killer fucking dancer. He did all of those dances. I know. It's fucking everything. It's great. It's there's one shot fantastic. in the entire movie that was not him and it was supposed to be him, but it was not him. The only shot in the entire movie. What shot was it? It was in the very beginning when he's like, when he's strutting down and he sees mm-hmm. it was it was right before he picks up the pizza and he sees the shoes in the store window that are yeah. like his shoes, and he lifts his leg up to compare the two shoes, that shot right there is the only shot that was not him. And even Travolta complained about that. He said, that's fucking bullshit, because you can tell that's not me because the guy's kind of off balance a little bit. And in the original <laughs> like script, they wanted Travolta just to be like headshots. They didn't want any kind yeah. of like dancing sequences, just headshots. He says, no, fuck that. I put too much time into this, and I'm a really good dancer. Film me, baby. And and when he was rehearsing and, and, choreog- and they were choreographing the movie, he... Apparently he lost twenty pounds just learning to dance for this, or learning the, the the dances for this movie. Twenty fucking pounds. I mean, he was already like a like a skinny guy. Like <laughs> it's crazy yeah. to lose that much weight, you know? Real it's, thin already. It's insane. Yeah, seriously. So um, I forgot my train of thought. Where was I going with this? Just how great Travolta looks in his panties, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah, he's TP, in his panties quite panties. a bit. But no, no, no. What I was saying is like so, so. Travolta's character he it's it's just fucking weird like the movie is so he's loved by all the people at the discotheque and then he all of a sudden is like this badass kind of Italian not gang member but just like part of this group and then they go and beat up a bunch of Puerto Ricans because the one of the guys in the group got jumped and was in the hospital and then all of a sudden he goes back to like a dance competition and that is his whole life is like this dance competition with the girl yeah and it's it's just a weird fucking story, and then the suicide or not the well, kind of suicide at the end um, of of the friend. It's, dude, the story was all over the place. And then the brother, the pre the, the priest brother comes back, and he doesn't want to be a priest. Like, what the fuck is the point of this this storyline? So it was just so silly. It's just fucking silly. There's a lot of amazing concepts in here that are just brushed over because it's just bad story writing, and because they, the the dancing sequences were too long. Too long in the sense mm. that they couldn't tell a good story within that long. I love the dancing sequences. I think the dance is fucking fantastic. I could watch yeah, it no, for twenty was, minutes. I don't even care. It's that really, was the, really good. The the my favorite part of the entire movie was when he was dancing on the on the the state the lit up stage like yeah, halfway through the so movie. Cool. And he's doing that solo dance. And he, dude, he's in heels first of all. <laughs> I he's know. On those, he's in those heels. <laughs> And he's like jumping. He's doing the Russian little like you know squat kicks, or I don't even know what the fuck it's called. Yeah. But he's dude. He he is a phenomenal fucking dancer. It's unreal. He, I was he, so impressed by that scene. He did this move that I totally forgot about, and as soon as I saw it again, like this this uh, this past week and watching it, I jumped up and then ran over to Renee. Like, Ray, do you remember this move? It's where you take your hands and you interlock your fingers in front of you, palms down. And you do like this wavy yeah. thing with your elbows. The wor- it's oh, like this elbow? worm thing, yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. when I saw him do that again, I was, oh my God, 
I fucking like we used to do this shit all the time as kids, right? Like, oh, this is goofy. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. These are, these Tammy, Tammy brought that up too. She said the exact same thing. She's like, I totally forgot about that. And she's like, yeah. And there was this this little this this kid when we were in elementary school, and we used to yell at him to do the worm, like whatever his name was, and he would do that. And he was so like, good. Yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't he was kind of like like a not very popular kid, so it was kind of like to make fun of him. But uh, like well, everybody would do that. Yeah, it's, it but it's still funny. really funny that he could do and it she, really well. <laughs> and she and she even told me she's like, yeah, I feel really bad that we all used to tell him to do that to like kind of make fun of him. So you should message him on on Instagram or Facebook, find him and say, hey, I just recently rewatched Saturday Night Fever, and that move that we used to make fun <laughs> of you for doing is fucking amazing. And she's and she's like, yeah, he's probably like some like super rich famous doctor now or something like that. Yeah, because I guess he was like this really smart like Chinese kid, and uh, and yeah, he was like one of those, you know. He was dorky back then, back in the nineties. She's yeah, so it's pretty funny. So, so I think I think the movie does a good job at just. I mean, this is essentially like a Bronx Tale, just with a lot goofier yeah. music. This is a, a blending of, of of people, a blending of, of races, and that's just that's just the way it was in the seventies. Like clear as day, there's a lot of like you're right. He wasn't in a gang, but the Italian Americans stuck with the Italian Americans. The Puerto Ricans stuck with Puerto Ricans. So yeah. I think so. I so I read and stuff. I wasn't that wasn't there, <laughs> nor am I from there. But um, I, I think it does a good job at that. I think it does a good job at keeping the tone somber and sad. And I like I like that Travolta is this this kid who thinks he's destined for something bigger, who wants to be destined for something bigger, but because of where he's from, because of who his parents are, because of his brother who was forced to do something that he didn't want to do and then quit. Like Travolta's always down on himself. And he knows he's worth more, but doesn't really have the confidence to do it until he's at the disco, until he's going and dancing to other people and, and, and exerting like, I don't want to say his, his dominance, but exerting like who his true self is. And he yeah. could be a great dancer. Even his brother's like, you should be like a fucking professional dancer. He's like, nah, I don't want to do that. It's like, these are just the classic like coming of age films. So it that's is. That's great. No, I, I do like the whole coming of age thing. You know, he's a 20 year old kid. You know, he didn't graduate. I think he even says in the movie he didn't graduate high school. He just kind of not even thought out. about college. Yeah, I never thought about college. And and fuck, where was I going with this? God damn it! You, you're, all, you're all over the place here. I am all over the place. I really, Travolta's, really am. Travolta's moves, the little hip thrust, got you, got you going. <laughs> I know the the panties and everything. Um, but what I, what I was saying is, I really like the um, the coming of age story, but it wasn't executed well enough. Like, God, it, it could have. This movie has so much potential, but it's it. It falls short so many times. And one thing I, I thought was just funny, like his obsession with dancing, like the very beginning of the movie, the intro to the movie, he go he sees the shirt in the window. He goes in, he's like, do you guys do layaway? And it's like, dude, that is so... <laughs> layaway. When we, when we were kids, you know, like my mom would always do layaway and shit, you know, like at Mervyn's and shit. And, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> and then and then he goes he goes into his job at the paint store and then he he asks his boss, like, can I get a, an advance on my paycheck for, for tonight? Because I gotta buy this shirt. I gotta buy this twenty dollar blue shirt. And it's like this is his entire fucking personality. It's his it's his entire life. And I liked how that started. I thought that was super cool. But god damn it drops so quick. It just falls off so quick after that. So I I I have three things or two things and I want to get into that. But one, Mervyn's, that's funny because <laughs> Mervyn's, right? And Which Mervin's, was essentially replaced by Kohl's. Mervyn's was actually the first place that I ever applied for a credit card and they denied me. <laughs> Are you serious? I turned 18, yeah. 
fucking And then idiots. like a, two years later, they fucking closed down. God, the yeah, they down. fucking denied me. The fucking assholes. Uh, the other one was, <laughs> dude, the $20 shirt, right? So his, his salary, yeah. he, he got like a, like, at first he got like a dollar raise, but so essentially he's making, what, six, seven dollars an hour. A $20 yeah. shirt in 1970, that's a lot of money for a fucking shirt. It is. Oh, totally. Like that's a that's a good chunk of change for a shirt, and then um, yeah, like his boss. His boss is actually really nice, even though they kind of yeah, bicker like just boss. in the New York bickering way. His boss is really nice. Like, yeah, I don't want to lose you. Like you're a good employee, and he was a good employee. Never fucking was late. Showed up for work on time all the time. That's cool. We get like a four dollar raise. So okay, so Tammy and I thought that we're like, holy shit, a four dollar raise? That's huge. Like uh, he nowadays, like I get an eighty cent raise every year. You know, it's just like we're only making we thought, four dollars. But then I was thinking, oh, it's probably four dollars a week. It's not four dollars an hour. It's four dollars a week. That's what it is. Interesting, because that wouldn't make sense. A four dollar, four dollar an hour raise? No fucking way. I know that that that's there's no fucking way this paint store can can even supply that. Also, no. backtrack a little bit. You know when he in the very beginning when he's running to get the paint from the other place so they can upcharge that lady. Yeah, yeah. That lady's John Travolta's actual mom in real life. Yeah, I know. I, I saw that in the credits. Saw that in the credits. But she was the uh, no, she was working at the pizza place, right? Because you got the pizza place. slice. No. Oh, also the not, pizza not slice, that, too. That's not, I thought that was his mom. No, the mom that he brings... Not, not the mom. He only has one mom. But the woman <laughs> that he brings the paint cans to. Oh, okay. That is his that's mom. That's his mom. Okay. I, I, do okay, I mention, thought it was the pizza lady. I do want to mention the pizza slice. Next time I get pizza, I'm fucking stacking them like that. I've never done that in my life. <laughs> well, I thought he just folded them. I didn't know he stacked he them. He stacked them. He fucking stacked. I deposit. Like, is he fucking? Is he stacking pizza slices just on top of each other? (laughs) Not like a, not like a a, a fucking calzone. Like one on top of the other. Huh? Yeah. See, I thought he folded, and I even thought that. I'm like, damn, that pizza looks good. I even said it too. And Tammy's like, you don't even like New York pizza. Like, I do. I like New York York pizza. It's not the best, but yeah, that pizza looked fucking good. Oh, dude, stacking pizzas so good. And then also, I guess just to oh, keep going yeah. on the movie here, we haven't talked about the songs yet, but keep going on the movie here. This is an, this is an era of, and we've seen it with Star Wars, right? Because Star Wars came out the same yeah. year as this one did. And and remember like when the whole like opening crawl, everyone like freaked out over Lucas, and like, you can't fucking do that. That's not the way we do movies. Mm-hmm. This is not the way we do movies either. We can't have like ambiguous endings like this. We need like a happy ending or a sad ending, not like a meh ending, not like a yeah, Sopranos no. ending. We need an ending. And Saturday Night Fever fucking did it, did it dude. It had an well, was ending there, dude. Well, I don't know about that's that. That's great. I, I don't I don't love I don't love the ending to this one where they're just kind of like, yeah, let's just be friends. Like you're not lovers, yeah, that's friends. So lame. So lame. So lame. But that's that's pretty lame though. That's pretty lame there, dude. <laughs> 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 that's cool. It's cool though that they fucking like did that. That they just said, no, I don't give a shit. Who gives a fuck? This is what happens in real life. This is people become just friends. They 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 lose interest in each other. We don't need a happy ending. We don't need a sad ending. Just end it. I respect that. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So, as far as like the ending, I like it. I think it's fun. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I it, it's whatever. Um, I also wanted to talk about like the the aesthetics. I guess we already touched upon it, but the aesthetics of the, of the movie, I think, is fantastic. I just love seeing like New York. Uh, I mean, I've never been to New York, but I love seeing like the stoops, like the, the houses or the apartments, really. Like, 
like I, I love seeing like the staircase on the stoop going up into the house and then they go into her house or like when that place that she moves into i forgot her name what's her name right now stephanie or something yeah what's her fucking stephanie. name is it yeah like they go they go into her house and i'm like damn dude that that apartment looks so rad like it it just looked really really cool and very 70s like decor and and then i was thinking like all the vi- all these videos i see about new york nowadays it's like four thousand dollars a month for a, a closet like you live in a fucking closet but back in the 70s you know they were living in these like really cool nice apartment i mean maybe not nice but just like really cool three-bedroom apartments you know huge things that are probably playing probably playing nothing for them yeah i just i just love that 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 look that i love stoops like as stupid as weird as that sounds I love that that style. That stoops look. are dope. Stoops are dope. They're fucking cool as hell. Man. They are cool because it's just I don't know. It's it's like a it's like it's like a transition from from one world to the other via yeah. just like six stairs. Stoops are cool. <laughs> They're fucking rad, man. So I really like that whole aesthetic. Um, I've 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 been in New York twice, and I would never ever go back. New yeah, York. Is I have a place no desire to go. Ever. It's 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 weird because New York's a place that like even like in, when I watch movies now I'm like oh dude New York's so dope like a whole hole on there dude do you remember those few times you went there and I go oh yeah I do and like, yeah <laughs> fuck that place I hate that place you even went there on New Year's Eve and you hated it <laughs> I I loved and hated it though it was a love hate relationship I loved it because it was amazing it was one of the craziest experiences I've ever I've ever done dude New Year's Eve on New York in New York. On New York, on New York, I was on top of New York. New Year's <laughs> Eve in New York, un unfucking real, unreal. Yeah. So, but I would. I wish I would have gone with you guys on that never. trip. Why didn't you go with us? I don't know. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I really don't. We, we yeah. bought we bought like these tickets for like five hundred dollars or something. They got us unlimited drinks, food, and no matter what, front access to the ball drop. Which the ball drop was whatever. It's a, it's a tiny fucking ball. It's like the, it's the size of a fucking marble. No, not really. It's a bigger <laughs> ball than that. It's actually a bigger ball than I ever thought it was going to be, but it's still kind of small. But anyway, New York's stupid. Who gives a fuck about New York? Yeah, yeah. But 1970s uh, also, New York? Shithole. I still would love to just go back and see it. Just like be like a fly on the wall. Like nobody could see me. I could just walk around and not get harassed and just see the disgusting craziness of New York in the 70s. That that just, just, to me, would have been unreal. It's such a it's such a, it's such a shame because like post like World War II New York it was it was bustling it was it was rife with with jobs and and opportunity and things just just got so much worse in the sixties and just kind of yeah. went downhill and then like the seventies like that was the most corrupt that the NYPD's ever been there was there was numerous corruption charges there was there was it was awful and then and then just i don't know like rampant like drug use and and i mean this is like well the whole crack ep- epidemic in the early late 70s early 80s was really kind of not decimated the city but really made things a lot worse it was just it was just a time of just it was bad it was very bad people were leaving new york in droves more than any time else and and it was just bad it was bad for people that that were not in Manhattan, essentially, but even Manhattan was kind of hit. But it was it was bad for essentially people that were not like middle to upper class white people in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Also, so I, I know we barely we haven't even talked about the music, and kind of rightfully so because it's a lot of the same stuff. And oh. honestly, the movie is more oh. interesting than than the music. Hold your tongue, uh, there, bro. I, I before we jump into that music though, uh, I want to talk about the the fashion too, like the suits. 
they're so dumb, but I also love them at the same time. The big ass collars, just I just the way the the suits fit, like it was it was fucking cool, man. It's so bad, but it was so cool at the same time. I love it's, it. It's interesting that that Travolta's iconic suit is white mm-hmm. because white's white's like a purity, a, a, you know, a clean sheets. But he's a dick because there's black under it, which is a two tone color, which I don't think there's a lot of thought involved in that. But maybe there was, maybe there was, dude. So, well. but then you notice his friend or his, his, I guess I wouldn't call him his friend because they treat him like shit. But but the guy like that Bobby commits suicide, yeah. yeah. He wears blue all the time, which blue, and he's like the most, I don't, I don't say the most religious, he just talks about religion the most. Yeah. And that's another concept in the movie that is really cool is the concept of like religion. Religion is brought up a lot in this movie. I was surprised about that. And it's really, really interesting that this kid is freaking out over his girlfriend that got pregnant and he really wants her to get an abortion, but only because he's scared. And really when he's asking people like, hey, should I get an abortion? Should I get an abortion? He's not like he's not searching for an answer like yes or no. He's searching for like like guidance. He's searching for help. He's searching for a friend. And it's yeah. interesting that even like the priest that that has shunned the the priesthood, right? He he, he like fuck Catholicism. It's all a joke. And all Tony does is kind of bad mouth and even like tells his mom like you're making fucking God a a, a messenger, dude. Like don't do that. So like there's, yeah, I like, there's I all like this that scene. all this like religious aspects to it. And then this kid who doesn't want to have a baby and he wants his girlfriend to get an abortion ends up like dying, which is, mm-hmm. he's still a kid. He, the kid, Tony's 19. And this kid was two years younger than him. I think two years younger than him. So he's like a kid. So it's interesting that in the movie we see abortion as, as a bad thing as you shouldn't do it. But then like suicide is kind of like an okay thing. Cause the suicide's brushed over pretty fast. Like we get over it. It really, really is. Really huh? And that's, that's crazy. True. That's fucking crazy. Not that I, I with, with actual opinions aside, it's just I think it's super interesting that abortion was such a hot topic throughout the whole fucking movie. This kid asked constantly about it, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he commits suicide, and it's like, eh, whatever. Like, it's, what the it's fuck? It's completely. It's it's like almost glossed over because when when he falls, I mean he he falls. He doesn't really commit suicide. He slips and falls, but I think in the end he was he was going to commit suicide. But anyway. The friends kind of gloss over it, especially Travolta. Travolta's like, he's pretty much like, fuck you guys. He doesn't say it, but he's he's like, fuck you guys. You guys are fucked up. I'm done. I'm leaving. And he just walks away and leaves. And then he walks to the girl's house and then, you know, that scene. But it's just like, yeah, it, it's like the cops are like, yeah, we're going to have to search for him in the morning. And they're like, okay. Like, nobody really reacts to it. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Nobody like, fucking one of your, cares. One of your best friends just dies. You know, just falls from a bridge because you guys are all fucking around so goddamn much. Oh, and then when we were watching, the, not not that scene, but the scene before the on the bridge when they were trying to scare trying to scare Annette. Yeah, Tammy was like, "That's like you and your friends. That's some shit you guys would do." Yeah, back then. For and I'm sure. like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. That's like and she called like, me an idiot. That's semi. That's kind of borderline, like harmless fun to kind of like psychopathic yeah. behavior. Um, but but like clearly the kid wanted to die because he was yeah. doing this stuff and he says hey look tony look tony 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 look look and i think i think he wanted i think he wanted uh travolta to kind of be like hey dude this don't worry about it like we can get through this together but travolta never steps up tony never steps up but he, he kind of does up. because he's he trying only, he's, he only says he like come down him. he yeah he only says come down if you really wanted to get him you would have grabbed him by his fucking thing and, and yanked him off because we've seen tony True. fight he can fight Tony never really steps up. And I think this kid was like, ah, 
this is my last attempt because that's why he's out there too. He's mad. Remember the phone call yeah. that never happened? Yeah, he, he never wanted, even... he, all he wanted was for for Travolta to, for Tony to call that night. That's all he wanted. Crazy. That's, it was so sad. Like that that character storyline was so fucking. It was so heartbreaking because all he wanted was just he just wanted help. Like nothing crazy or or anything like that. He just wanted to talk to somebody like the priest shuns him you know tony's brother shuns him completely all of his friends in his group shun him they go to fight the the puerto rican gang he everybody like you know they're like we're doing this like oh, i don't know i don't really want to do it then he freaks out and leaves and then when he comes back everybody trashes him for leaving he doesn't even leave even though, though he gets attacked in the car he gets attacked, like some, yeah. some fucking puerto rican guy like jumps through the window and tries to strangle <laughs> him to death <laughs> so true, he drives yeah. away but he still comes back to pick him yeah. up yeah, man. Yeah, that, that character, man. It's, it, it's tragic. It really, really is. That no, no, none of his friends ever fucking cared about him at all. Yeah, they're all shitheads. Uh, they're all assholes. And 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 Tony's an <laughs> asshole too. Tony's a oh, conceited totally. douchebag. And and like like staying alive. The 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 sequel to that should have been like Tony redeeming himself. But it, did you like, watch you it? Ever, I've, I've you didn't it, watch it, huh? I've seen it when we watched Saturday Night Life, Saturday Night Fever, a couple <laughs> years ago. I watched Staying Alive after that, and it's uh, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It was directed. It was either directed or written by Sylvester Stallone. It's fucking seriously trash. absolute trash. Wow. wow. They had like two people do cameos from the original movie. It has like nothing to do with it, and it's just like, dude, Tony's this character is not even like the same one. It's like watching Staying Alive is like watching a John Travolta movie, whereas like Saturday Night Fever is like watching Tony. Where <laughs> Staying Alive is just like I'm just watching John Travolta at this point. Have you wait? Okay, on a, kind of a side note, have you seen the Travolta movie that he did with Fred Durst? That's a newer From one, like, wasn't it? Like three, four years ago. Have you no. seen it? Uh. Uh-uh. So Ryan and I watched it last year. Surprisingly, it's not bad. It's really not bad, and it got panned. Like people talked a lot of shit on it, but really, it's not that bad. Of like, not a. Th- it's not really a thriller, but it's different. It's unique. It's and Travolta was really good in it. He was actually really, really good in it. So I don't know why people talk so much shit on it. It's not the greatest movie by any means, but it was good. It was it was decent, decent to good. Huh. I, 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 I recommend should, people I watching watch it just it. because, yeah. I should it's watch it. it. I like Travolta too. Every movie I've seen him in, I mean, he's made a lot of movies, but every movie yeah. I've seen him, in, I've liked. I, you know, I've I still have never seen Battle Battlefield Earth. What is that? Battlefield Earth. Yeah, I've never seen that one. But yeah, honestly, every Travolta movie I've seen, I, I mean, Saturday Night Fever is fine, but, um, but yeah, everything else I've I've enjoyed. You know, Grease is good, is a good musical. Um, Pulp Fiction. I love Grease. Great. Actually, you know, funny you mentioned all three of those because all Travolta does in those movies is fucking dance, right? Dance, yeah. Dude, he's a dancer. Let's jump into the music. We've talked about the mu- the movie. Yeah, here uh, we go, for baby. So long now for the last half hour. Uh, so, staying alive, we uh, we played that one obviously at the beginning. So, just a quick little backstory: the Bee Gees they were in the middle of recording an album at the Chateau de Oroville. I guess that's how you pronounce it. I don't know how you pronounce it. Say it in French. It's though. in France. What? Say it in French. I, I that was in French. No, that was in English. A, Say it in French. No, it was it was in French, but I just didn't have an accent, an over the top French accent. Say it, say it in French. Chateau de. I don't know. That was more Spanish. We've already, we've already, That was kind of Spanish. We've already established <laughs> that it's okay to always make fun of the French. I guess. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, you say it then. 
because I no, can't do a French accent. I, I'm not a, that's that's disrespectful and disgusting. I would never do that. Oh, that's wrong. Well, anyway, they were recording. The Bee Gees were, were recording an album there, and they got a phone call from the producers of the movie or whatever, the director, or whatever, saying we need some music. Do you have any? They wrote all the music that's in this movie that they did. They wrote it all in a week within a weekend, and um, at this place in France, and then they actually recorded it in at a studio in Miami. And yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. So, arguably, some of the most famous songs of all time were written kind of nonchalantly over the weekend. I know. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's, but Dan Alive I, is iconic. Do you, do you have any stinkers? You don't have any stinkers here. You have a lot of songs that are just, they're okay for this so, scene, this movie. I have I have no stinkers, but I also have no bangers. That's, well, hold on there, dude. I, I don't think. That's wrong. I don't think, Stan, I mean, Stan Alive is a good song, but God, I, I just, I'm so sick of it. You know, this is just one of those songs that you've heard a thousand times indirectly. Like You never go out and say, oh, I want to listen to some Bee Gees. I want to listen to Staying Alive. Who, you never do What that. do you mean? Who, I, I do. Of course well, I do. You don't. You I don't. do. Absolutely I fucking do. Get out of here. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Where does this sit banger-wise for you? This is my 1B. This is the best okay. song. This is it. This is the, the greatest disco song that's ever been. This is, this is amazing. Yeah, that's true. This is like this is God tier. YMCA. Why? Why are you yelling at me? No, staying alive. Staying alive is the greatest disco song that has that has ever been. It is. It is. It is like objectively perfect for a disco. There's so many parts of this that is that is great that are great. Do the guitar noodle in the beginning that yeah, so fucking good. Everyone's got a solid groove, and that's what's great about disco. That's great about disco, dude. Everything's cool. got a solid groove to it. There's a lot of like good, good groove. It's kind of boring because the drums just in that. That's about it. Yeah, it's fine. But there's a lot of good groove in there. And when they end that that chorus and draw out the live part, then <laughs> and it goes back in the Oh my god, dude! The bass line is fucking killer in this. Come song. on, that's the guitar playing that. But there's the bass underneath it too. The bass is like the bass is fine. This is boom, 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 boom. There's not a lot of there's not I will say there's not a lot of great bass lines. It's it's a lot of guitar, lower end guitar and yeah. keyboard stuffs doing things. I thought I thought that that guitar part was the bass until this week. I thought That's that what was, I thought too. So it's not? No, because I want I was I even watched videos. I watched videos and I was like, there's no fucking way, dude. That's gotta be the bass, but it's a lower end guitar because you can see the bass player just doing his own thing. And you can see one of the one of the Gibb brothers. Yeah, <laughs> good stuffs. Yeah, dude, let's talk about the Bee Gees, right? The Bee Gees yeah, start off as like Bee a psychedelic uh, pop band kind of, and then transition to to disco. And by nineteen seventy five, nineteen seventy six, they had like ten albums under the belt. I know. I I was shocked <laughs> at how many records they put out. Yeah, <laughs> I could crank them out. Yeah, fucking and, and, nuts. And like. So I've I have four I have four true Bs like bangers fucking through and through no matter what then I have like high level Bs mid tier Bs lower Bs and okay songs okay all right I figure the okay songs are gonna be more the scores and shit like that and then the Yvonne Elfman or whatever her name was that song was kind of stupid oh um oh yo but so one thing I realized this week about the Bee Gees that I I don't like is is his falsetto vocals God it's 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 annoying after a while. 
And that's like every song, every Bee Gees song on this record. I don't, I can't say that's on every Bee Gees record or every one of their songs, but pretty much every song on this record, he's singing in, in that falsetto. And uh, it was a lot. It's, it's, it's just too much, way too much. I had actually been looking for, for their Bee Gees first album. It's, it's called just like the Bee Gees first because it's yeah. supposed to be. Or no, it's, it's like 14 songs by, by Billy Gibbs or something like that. Yeah. It's something weird like that. I, I saw it, that too. Yeah, and I, I've been looking out for like that one, and then pretty much all the way up until the seventies, and then I, I eventually found like, ex- like several. Of them. I, I found that one where it's kind of like their ugly fucking faces without the afros and time balding <laughs> them, and then um, another one. I think it was called Bee Gees First. Actually, is the other one, but one was supposed to be like psychedelic pop, and the one was supposed to be just kind of like, uh, you know, that that kind of like beat pop thing from from fucking england that who cares about really and it wasn't that good like none of it was that good i i really i was surprised yeah i was surprised but then i i've had like multiple times i I get it often when i'm buying crap records but main course they're i don't know they're fucking 15th album from 75 and that was that was the album they they i think they were recording oh no, no no they recorded that album right before this this uh this movie came out that's what right yeah because one of the songs on that record is on the, in the is on the soundtrack dude and that song was a banger dude uh, well i don't know about that god damn so i, I don't know the bgs are fine god three brothers that are just not fun to look at just ugly <laughs> but um, i mean they are really good singers though i mean their singing is is amazing but it does get annoying and the songs aren't they're fine they're the songs are fine they're fine they're fine uh, and also, so staying alive, the the rumor is the story is they got the BPM of 120 based off of the human heart because th- they said that they had some one of their friends or something like lie on the ground, and they said, okay, let's make the BPM to this guy's heart. And yeah, I don't believe that. No, but then, not at all. It's dumb. Yeah, but then also, you know, it, sometimes when you take CPR classes, they say you know you do chest compressions at the beat of staying on. So sing staying alive while you're doing compressions. And that's the proper, the proper uh, speed to do that. And obviously, I mean, the, if anybody's seen the office, which most people right. have the American office, that's a whole scene in one of the episodes and it's fucking hilarious and it's awesome. And it's kind of true though. Like I, I, I saw a bunch of videos of people talking about that, like legit videos, not just from the office. But that's really See, a thing. I, that's that's the thing too. Is I thought that was just a joke from the office, and I was like, "Oh, I that totally does kind of that kind of makes sense because yeah, it's the same tempo." I mm-hmm. like that they retconned that PG song in the office, but like, no, that's been around for a while. I, and know, I mean, it's crazy, I, I've right? I've only taken CPR classes twice. One was in the academy, and one was through the YMCA. And like, we no, which was interesting that we did not mention the BG song when I did the for the YMCA. Right? <laughs> I feel like that would have been the time, but I've yeah, never right. heard this. Um, when, but, when I when I go back and research every two years, they they it's brought up every single time because every of the office time. or just in no, no just just in general they say just do it at, when you do compress and then they have this practice on little dummies like yeah and just do just sing staying alive in your mind or you can sing it out loud and then we all do it. It's great. It's so it's great. good. It's just so good that they can go so high. That you can't remember in the office when. <laughs> Andy, Andy starts singing Dude, that I the love, next part. Oh my god, it's so good! And then Kelly's just dancing for no just fucking dance. reason. Like, why are you dancing? 
that whole scene is pure chaos. I love it so much. It's so good. And, and Dwight then Dwight cuts the, the face deal. off of the dummy. Seals the deal. <laughs> Which looks like baloney. It looks like baloney. It does. Yes, it does. Looks like baloney. Call him baloney. But oh, yeah, this is damn. so like, dude, like we're opening, we're opening the movie up here. We're listening to Staying Alive. We're seeing Travolta strut down New York City, the, the rough streets of 1970s New York. He's fucking stacking his pizza slices. He's got those those red shoes, that, that red shirt. And he's just, just gawking at ladies. Just gawking yep. at girls, baby. Just doesn't give a fuck. Just he stops his <laughs> strep to backtrack, and he backtracks with like the, like like he's rotating his arms opposite, like mm, yeah, mm, mm, backtracking, like getting in front of them so they can't walk around him. Like damn, timepiece, timepiece. It really is. That shit would not fly nowadays. But it's. I mean, I'm not even going to go into what kids do these days to to. You bat their, oh. their eyes at other kids because it's fucking uh, bizarre and stupid, but yeah. Pretty yeah, dope. Yeah. I like it. It's All right. Opening. It's a great opener. Great. And then they also play this song several times throughout the movie. Because it's so, so good. Thing. Can't get enough of it. It's good. It's fine. Um, All right. So what what do you want to get into? What, what's another banger for you on this one? My 2B, Boogie Shoes, Casing the Boogie Sunshine Shoes. Band. Okay. Yeah. This is a better one. This is a better song for sure. Oh, it's only two so and a like, half minutes, so you probably like that. <laughs> it was nice not hearing that that falsetto vocal. It was very very nice. Great fucking groove. Um, that bass line is fucking killer too. It's great. It's just great not to hear the Bee Gees on this yeah. fucking soundtrack. What, so what else do you have on this one? I like like I said earlier, I love Casey and the Sunshine Band. I really do. I list. I have two other albums that I listen to. Not like really really often, but sometimes when I get in the mood, if I listen to one of them, I'm gonna listen to both of them. That's the kind of okay. mood that I would get into. And I'll throw my Macho Man 45 to end it off. But uh, there's a lot of nostalgia with Casey and the Sunshine because my mom loved Casey and the Sunshine Band. So mm-hmm. she played a lot of Casey and the Sunshine Band growing up. And they have a lot of fucking bangers. They have like at okay. least 10 songs that you fucking like, oh, wow, that's a banger. Even the Wedding Crashers, right? The Keep It Coming Love, that part. Yeah. Keep it yeah. Ca- that's Casey and the Sunshine Band, brother. Walt. Walt. I'm telling you. Get down tonight, dude. We're just, oh my god, dude, that's that, no, that's so a great song good. too. That is so fucking good. But it, they're also not songs that I want to. I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to because I, I had a Casey and, and the Sunshine Band record. I ended up purging it because it's oh. like it's oh. good, but oh. I'm, I'm just I'm never going to put it on. I'm, I'm just I'm. It's it, not going to happen. It, it it destroys me that you like force feed yourself shitty Slipknot and shitty Corn, but then like and actual bodies, good stuff. Don't forget about it. You just like, oh, I'm good at Persian. I'm never gonna listen to it. But like, you will fucking spoon feed yourself shit stuff and pretend to like it. <laughs> Ugh, that's annoying. But yeah, man, this is this is actually like a good good song. I love the guitar noodling. I like that the bass note matches the guitar riff, but only the mm-hmm. last couple of notes because the guitar is like it. It's allowed to breathe. It's allowed to breathe, kind of like be up in the front, do what it wants to do, but really drive that last three notes on that boom boom boom. That thing and the solo is super cool. I love the solo here because it's simple. Yeah. There's background talking, right? They're going, mm, yeah, mm, doing that thing, <laughs> and it just continues to solo even after the song starts back up. And then he goes like, "Wow, let's go!" And they start back up, and that's the best part of his like guitar noodling is during the part when the song gets back in. Now, Oy. would you? I mean, would you agree with me on this? I mean, obviously, the Bee Gees contribution to this record is is iconic. I mean, everybody knows this movie because of the Bee Gees songs. Um, 
But had it been done, say this entire soundtrack was done by Casey and the Sunshine Band, could it have been better? I think so. Yeah, because I think Casey and the Sunshine Band were a band. They're the like Bee a Gees, legit band. Yeah, whereas the Bee Gees were more like a pop act. Yeah, pop stars and, more than anything. And, and they're they're focusing on like on vocal melodies and kind of putting like instrumentation in the back. Um, so I, I, I do, but like, fuck man, if you ever watch like old videos of Casey and the Sunshine Band, there's like 40 people on stage. <laughs> it's fucking yeah, nuts. Seen that, yeah. There's like a ton of people on stage. The only one that, that people know is just like Casey, the, the main guy. His name's like Jimmy Casey or something. So the band name comes from, I know. Fun stuff, right? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But that that's my that's my two B. That all that's honestly like that should have been my one B, but because Staying Alive is just such a fucking unreal banger. It's, it's really iconic. That is goddamn just so iconic. And disco was only around for X amount of years. Like four years or something like that. And, and before staying it completely alive collapsed on it. On really own. represents like disco, right? Like you say, Oh, what's oh, like yeah. the best classic rock song of all time or jazz song? Like, I don't fucking know, dude. It could be a, a billion songs. Billions and billions. You see what's the best disco song? You could throw down "Staying Alive" and that would be a, could, that yeah. would be a good contender. I think that or YMCA are are arguably the biggest disco songs of all time. Yeah, yeah I mean yeah. they really are. Maybe even I think YMCA might be bigger because that song really YMCA, appeals to kids as well. It's know. it's tough because like more I don't I don't know yeah I don't know. So uh, we haven't we haven't we haven't even touched upon the lyrics. I think the lyrics for all these songs are pretty dumb. They're very basic, straightforward. Nothing too deep. I mean, staying alive, that song is about staying alive in the mean streets of New York at the time, but it doesn't really go deep into societal issues and the city and this and that. It's very superficial. Um, also, these guys are from like Sweden. So, what the fuck? Oh, right? They're from Sweden? Or am I the thinking Bee Gees? of ABBA? Who's, f- yeah. Where are the Bee Gees from? I forgot now. Uh, I thought they're from, I, no, they're, I don't know where they're from. Are they American? I think they're, I think they're English. Because I know, uh, I think it's ABBA. Abba is Swedish, and I'm looking at. I'm. I really need to know this. Uh, I, I think. I think they're. Fun. They're. I think they're English. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Why does it not say where they're from? They're for sure English. I think they're from like some weird part of England that I've never. I've never like heard. Oh, of. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The so they were born on the Isle of Man to English parents. Hey, they the lived in Manchester, that? England, or oh. Chorlton, Chorlton, Manchester, England, until the 1950s. So. Yeah, so they're they're English. You're right, they're English. Uh, where was it going? Oh yeah, the lyrics. Yeah, it's like they're, they're writing about the mean streets of New York, and what do they know about it? And then this Boogie Shoes song. It's just to me, it's just like about wanting to hook up with a girl all night, or if you want to take the more innocent route, it's about wanting to dance all with her all night. But damn, yeah, there's there's nothing really too deep lyrically on this entire soundtrack. No, not at all. And and I think that's that's. That's fine. That's kind of purposeful. I mean, the disco scene, from what I see it, what I've I've gathered this this week, is is to do two things. One, as an outlet, as a place for people to come together. Like I said, for marginalized groups that can't exist in the popular area, because mm-hmm. you know, fuck the seventies, I guess. And the other thing is just to hook up, just to get some, as 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 Vince Vaughn would say, just to get some strange ass. <laughs> that's, that's it 
Oh, it's ridiculous. All I know ridiculous. is I'm not a good dancer. I've never been a good dancer. I do enjoy dancing. I do enjoy singing. You do dance and, and you do sing a lot. Yes. I I would fucking get down at a disco. I would be so down to go to a disco. With the pants and the, Fuck the yes. shirt with Absolutely. the collar and everything. Yeah. I would get all dolled up. <laughs> I probably I, I probably would still just wear Vans though, just because that's what I'm most comfortable in. No, but you yeah, gotta I, wear the heels. You gotta wear the I, heels. No, nah, I can't wear heels. I feel like I must uh, like break my ankle. I don't have health insurance. Oh. You never know. You might you might like it. You might like it's it. Not, this is not Canada or England. Come on. You didn't get free health insurance here. <laughs> Shit. All right. So then what, what's your 3B? Well, I, I have 18 tabs open, so I just I got rid of that one tab. There we go. Oh, well, hold on there, hard. dude. Well, I don't know about that. What is my 3B? Oh, Jive Talking. This is the one I was talking about. That was from an actual album by the Bee Gees that was already released. That's cool that from, we don't play Boogie Shoes, though. Um, that was from, from 1975. 1975. Yeah. yeah. But dude, this is a great fucking song. The synth makes this song. That synth that's is fucking I, <laughs> boss. That's what I put. It's it's like it's like a synth bass, right? It's so good. It, yes. It's like a bass like fed through some weird synth effect, synth pedal or something. God damn, that's a good fucking part though. Yeah, it really drives. Or are you talking about like the the, the synth like solo or like yeah, well, or the it, actual it, bass bass part? I, I, I don't know if it's a synth bass or if it's a bass. It's just it, there's a melody there that I know is not like a guitar or a traditional bass. Yeah, and yeah. that melody that comes in and it comes in, you know, it comes in after like the first verse or something. And that that one drives a song. Yeah, similar to I, like, I totally agree. Yeah, like like similar to the to go back a little bit earlier in the soundtrack. But but uh, the more than a woman, like similar to how that part that more than a woman. <laughs> that part oof, dude fucking uh, melting melting i love that part the song whatever don't really care about that much but that part mm, mm, i put it in a mid beer mid banger beer tier oh mid tier banger mid beer tier banger mtb mtb <laughs> but yeah let's uh fucking jive talking so let, let's play a little bit of jive talking real quick and then uh, we'll jump into some more of the music the lyrics as well. So here it is, Jive Talking from the Bee Gees.
There you go. A little bit of jive talking from the Bee Gees from Saturday Night Fever. I almost said Saturday so Night Fever. You almost did. It's good. It's fine. It's hard not to. It's a fine. It's song. not for that. Dude, come on. Come did on. you see uh, see that Barry Gibb re-recorded the song with your girl uh, Miranda Lambert? She's not my girl. She's your girl, right? You talking I love Miranda no. Lambert. You I love country music. Love I like Blake Shelton, but <laughs> that's only well, but only well, because she only because he's well, married to Gwen Stefani. Because Gwen Stefani tolerates him. Correct. Yes. She tolerates that is it. him. <laughs> that is it. Uh, so dumb. So, what do you have lyrically on this one? For jive, <laughs> for jive talk. What does that even jive fucking talk. mean, dude? Jive talk, and that's like a. That reminds me in um. That reminds airplane? me in um. That reminds me of airplane. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's also another um another disco reference in airplane, isn't there? Something about uh, in airplane. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's they they make fun of the entire um, Travolta scene when he, when he's dancing because that's how in airplane that's how the guy not seduces but how he meets, I forgot their names in the movie, but that's how they meet at a discotheque. And he pretty much does all the same dance moves as Travolta. So and it's good. really over the top and stupid. And then he throws her through the air. It's very dumb. <laughs> very funny, but very dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think it's just somebody telling their, their girl that that they're they're talking silly if they're if they're trying to like break up with them because I don't know, they love them so much. God, it's so stupid. <laughs> I, 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 these were really the stupid. Lyrics, the lyrics are so dumb. Like I, I, I honestly really don't even want to talk about the lyrics. I, 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 I attributed these lyrics, especially the jive talking, like, like, girl, you talking crazy, like that type of thing, <laughs> which is so stupid from like, the, like the nineties era. Like, yeah. girl, you crazy. Yeah. But a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> kind of like hip hoppers when they were singing would would say that type of thing. <sighs> But I like oh, the song. Man. That's a good song. It's it's good. It's fine. It's fine. So what do you have for what, what's your next B on here? After Jack I, I I have one more true true B, and then everything else is like tiered Bs or B's, okay. as I said. But Night Fever, like the reason why Night this Fever. movie is called Saturday Night Live. Ah, just kidding. Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, Night Fever. I think it's the banger. Dude, this is this is the reason the movie is named the way it is. Like those those sexy like chicka chickas there. Mm. So good, <laughs> I get. It. I mean, I so really good. like that, like that, that fun, like the funk wah guitar thing that they do. Is that kind of, kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It no, I like that part too. And then there's like those really cool kind of swells that come into the pre, that in the pre-chorus that go into the actual chorus itself. That's pretty fucking cool too. You can you can hear a lot of you can hear a lot of like psychedelic funk, like like a lot of like Chambers Brothers. Especially in like boogie shoes, you take his vocals out of boogie shoes, it puts some distortion on that guitar. That's a fucking psychedelic song, dude. That's a psychedelic funk song, and it'll drive. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of the influence in disco that you hear in like '60s and '70s music. It's just it's just popified. Mm-hmm. It's fine, but it's still like it. It's still good. I mean, it's a, it's a good it's it's a good song. It really time and a place. Not. Time and a place. It's a good song. It's a good BG song, okay. but still a lot of falsetto, man. I don't know what what their fascination with falsetto was. And actually, from what I read a little bit, they had never really experimented with this much of that style prior to the soundtrack, prior to the making of the record that they were doing in France. They had done like little falsetto moments in some of their songs, but they had never... This soundtrack was the first time that... I think Barry... I think it was Barry. The first time that he ever did an entire song in that that style 
and obviously it made them millions of dollars and blew them up because of you know staying alive and everything else on this record. Did you see that they were going to use a a, a Bo Skag song instead? Yeah, and then and then the the record label was like, nah, fuck that shit. We have our own thing here that's going to make us a bunch of money. Your thing's dumb. <laughs> and, and then, then uh, also, Travolta oops. said that Travolta said that he, all the the songs that he was rehearsing and dancing to in the movie were um, to either Boss Gags or uh, Stevie Wonder. Everything yeah. was that. And then they had to find because they couldn't get the rights to 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 those songs. They had to find songs that were similar in pacing and beats and everything like that to where it would make sense in the dance. And they did that, like that's a, just so bizarre. They did a comparison too of how much money like Skaggs Camp would have made had they <laughs> used his song, and it was like in the millions of dollars more than that flop that that they did. I don't know what the that's fuck crazy. movie was. Yeah, what what did they do? It was they, they used it for a different movie, and and nobody thought this movie was going to succeed because it just it's dumb. Well. Yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about that real quick. So, they, well, I think the budget for this movie was like three point five million or some some shit yeah. like that, and they made. I'm just going back real quick. They made like two hundred, three hundred million dollars. Two hundred thirty-seven million dollars was the box office. Three point five was the budget. Yeah, just on the movie, not the soundtrack. God. Just the movie. That's insane. That's that's so fucking insane. And the fact also that the movie and the soundtrack have. Uh, both are they're considered so significant that they've both been you know put into the library of congress as being culturally significant historically culture whatever you know as they should it, yes yes but it i mean it's it's not that great it is that great on a, on a con, <laughs> on a conceptual level this is better than you're giving it credit for I'm like a if you like diving I into guess. it and dissecting I it guess. then yeah like this is it's dumb it's it's goofy it's you know, it's dated, but like on a conceptual level, like I've I've mentioned numerous things that have put this into like the the upper echelon of, of films, and yeah, like George Lucas was doing something with the sci-fi thing, but so did Close Encounters come in the same fucking year. Yeah, it's true. Like sci-fi wasn't like this new fucking thing. Well, no, sci-fi was wildly popular in the fifties and sixties. It was exactly. But Lucas wasn't took it to the next thing. level. He did take it to this level. This is just this is a musical that's. That's not even like a musical. But it's just, not a musical, though. That's the thing. It just has a popular soundtrack. It's not a musical by any means. Yeah, it really uh, isn't because 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 a musical tells a story. The songs are, are are intertwined with the story. The songs here are not at all. The only reason why you would consider this maybe possibly a musical is because of the instrumentals. And the instrumentals, you can't confirm nor deny that they drive the plot forward because that whole like salsa one. That, but that does drive the plot forward. It's tough to say that it. Oh, that for sure is a, a, a plot-driven thing, or that for sure not a plot-driven thing. It's just it, it exists. But that's more of a score, the, the scoring aspect of it. It's not that it, it's different. That's like the, then you could say any movie is a musical in that sense. Yeah, so long as as like the the what is happening in the movie directly matches what is being played in the background. Because they're writing dance moves to that Salsation song. They're writing dance moves to that that fifth of Beethoven, which is so good, too. That, that, that is a really good song, song yeah. That song name <laughs> alone really cool. is so fucking cool. Fifth of Beethoven, so good. Yeah, the way the way they, they kinda they mix the Beethoven composition with modern at the time modern day music. I thought that was really well done. And like disco's giving birth to so many genres. Arguably disco gave birth to hip hop. 
Like disco, yeah. hip hop would not exist if it wasn't for disco. Well, because they like, use all the disco beats. Well, rappers That's delight why. use a disco beat. So yeah. if, if we consider rappers delight like as like the first hip hop song of all time, well, then that's what's happening. Well, also, also, well, real quick here, dude. Um, the greatest song ever written. The the drumming was directly inspired from disco music, and that is "Corn's Got the Life." David has said this is a very disco he, beat. It is. David has said he he specifically wanted to do a disco beat on that song, and it was kind of rejected by the record label. They're like, "No, nah, this is this doesn't fit the corn sound," and everybody in the band was like, "No, let's do it. It's so weird. It's so off putting for everything we've done." And then "Got the Life" arguably is one of the biggest corn songs of all time, and it is the greatest song ever written. So, yeah, that's a disco those beat are, right there. Those are words. Those, those are, are words. There've never been truer, truer, truer words truer. than that. That's a hard word. That's Truly. a hard word to say. Anyway, um, I don't know. Let, let's jump into. You want to jump into Salsation? That that's a really cool song. So is Calypso, or Calypso? What's that song? Calypso Breakdown. Yeah, that's a good one too. I have, I have, uh, I have, I have Night on Disco Mountain, Calypso Breakdown, Salsation, and Fifth of Beethoven. All as the same same B. It's just it's taking it, it's it's instrumental. It's taking something that's that's catchy, that's that's recognizable, that's fun. I understand it, but it's not it's not doing anything for disco, and it's not like hurting disco. It's just it, it exists to be fun. Yeah, but also the, it's all those songs are are good infusions of the disco style, the disco beat with with another style of music like calypso breakdown, obviously calypso disco. Um, you know, Manhattan Skyland kind of has like this kind of jazz kind of thing with the trumpet and the buildups with that and everything like that. Night on Disco Mountain, I don't know. I just didn't think that was a very good one. But the only one that I think like like made it should be a higher B than the other ones is Open Sesame because this is like an early version of what we danced to in like the '90s at like the roller rink. When I was like, this club is closed forever. about that stupid techno song. Like all those, all those like EDM songs, all the all that techno shit in like the fucking nineties. Like this is how they started. Yeah. They started with just like, like the police are coming. <laughs> and like the open yeah. sesame. Is, I, I, as far as I know, as far as I'm, I, I'm understanding. Like this is kind of where it started. This is the first one that we've heard. Yeah, I mean the the song it's cool in the gang, and it, I do like the random noises, the random things that are shouted. Like they yell Shazam a few times, and it's just like, like what the fuck? It's just the random things that they say is, it's fun. It, it it really is kind of fun, and some good trumpet going on. It's it's a good funky song from the seventies, like it's a typical funk song from the seventies. And like if you were to, if you were to throw if you were to type into like an AI bot. Like put like funk song, this this is what would be spit out would be this yeah. open sesame. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, so not basic, but it's just so of its time. It is it is very generic, but it does have that drop, and no other song on this album has the drop the way this one does. And this drop's pretty fucking heavy for this era. Yeah, yeah. Well, even Sabbath didn't have any drops that were this heavy. Just didn't. <laughs> Sabbath is so unrelated to this. <laughs> Outside of the cocaine, like Sabbath is is not related to this kind of music. Whatsoever. Sabbath didn't have any stupid uh, things to drop into like this, so <laughs> that's why they had no drops. But there were no drops. So oh, much drugs shit. too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I know. Well, yeah. 
Oh, so I was watching a um a video this week, and I guess the Bee Gees had like created this limo back in the early '80s, I think it was, and they had a uh, it was a limo, and the back part of the limo was a jacuzzi out like an outside jacuzzi, like you could walk from the inside of the, not walk, but like go from the inside of the limo into this jacuzzi. And they would just drive around LA in, in a jacuzzi and drink a shit ton of champagne and do a ton of coke, just driving or they're being driven around LA in this jacuzzi limo. I so thought, God good. damn, dude, how much fucking money do you have? I know, just to pull just, that kind of shit. You know, it's it's insane. who even cares? You just you have so much money, you have so much clout, you have so much status that like literally you you can write your own ticket. Like rules do not like literally rules do not apply to you. Yeah, at that yeah, point, that's true. It's true. And then you get in trouble, you just pay off a cop because we're in the seventies and things are corrupt. Yeah. Don't forget the whole Serpico thing too, right? That was that was NYPD. That was fucking uh, what, like late sixties, early seventies. The movie the with Al Pacino, Serpico. I never, I've never seen that. You never seen Serpico? No, I've never seen. Oh it. my god, it's Pacino. What are you doing with your life? Yes, <laughs> I, I have like not. A, no, he's a he's a not straight cop in a, in a world of corrupt cops, and he gets shot in the fucking face for it. So good. It's a really good movie. Hmm. Soy Pickle. Yeah. Like it must be like one of his first movies, right? Um, I think it was late 60s. It might have been like 1970, 1971. Okay. So yeah, it would have been earlier. Yeah, he early. looks really young. It's probably pre-Godfather, I'd imagine. Because I think Godfather was 74 or 75. But yeah, this is just, I don't know, man. 1970s, it, it sounds like, you know, Zeppelin's on the, the, the top of the world here. And the music's so great. But like the world is, especially in New York, is just like falling apart. Like everything just sucks. If you're not, if you're not making a lot of money, then then you have none. And that's yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm gathering from like the 1970s. The more we do music from the 70s. All right. So, do we have any other songs we want to talk about? Should we wrap it up? What do you think? Uh, let me just let me just scroll. I'll, I'll think scroll. aloud. Because I mean, we've I, I wouldn't say we've dissected the movie, but we've gone through a lot of the movie, um, key points of it, and. I don't know. I feel like we've we've gone through the soundtrack a lot, except for Disco Inferno. That's another. I was just gonna say Disco Inferno. Song. Disco Inferno is that song that you don't. You like what is that? I don't know what song that is. But then when it said the Burn Baby Burn Party, like oh yeah, I fucking know that song. Yeah, everybody knows that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> but but that 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 yeah. song has something that is that is in my mind the most important thing to disco, and it's that. It's that 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 octave. If you're playing like a power chord, you're doing the the bottom and the top part. The do 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 like that thing. Like that is so. That is disco to me. Like just to me personally, that is the disco sound. You do that in any kind of riff that you're playing. That and then go back to your riffing. That's disco. Also, the tramps with two M's. I've so ne- I don't. I've never knew that was them. I mean, I never knew. I've never heard of that band, so I I didn't know that was who did Disco Inferno. But I definitely know the song. But if somebody said like, "Hey, like, do you know Disco Inferno?" You'd be like, "I don't think so, right?" No, everybody know. Yeah, no, no, you know it just by the the title. No, I baby, see. Burn, I don't. Disco I don't Inferno. see. I, I don't. I don't know Disco Inferno by the title. I know Disco oh, Inferno okay. because when I hear "Burn, Baby, Burn," no, I, I know it from the title. I definitely know it from the title. You're you're a disco head, dude. I'm Whoa. disco man. I'm disco man. You're a disco man. But that's about it. I don't. I don't think I have any other any other uh, really pressing pressing oh, issues um, here. More than more than a woman, we didn't talk about that one. Well, they, that's the one we sang, or at least I sang the most. Yeah, God, and it, it's it's done by the Bee Gees and also by a group called uh, 
Tavares, Tavares. I don't know how to pronounce it, but yeah, I kind of like that version better because it's not done enough the falsetto. But um, eh, that song's fine. It's iconic. It's catchy. It's everybody knows this song. Yeah. So like the Bee Gees version, that's mid tier B for me. The the okay. Tavares, Tevers. That's an okay song. Eh, it's fine because you don't think I it's like than the Bee Gees. No, not at all. That's the boy talk. I, I, I think they're very similar to each other, but it's the high parts. It's it's the annoying high parts. Come on. Silly boy talks. It's too much. It's way too much. This is disco. That's the point of disco. Know, Be over the annoying. top. Come on. Disco is annoying. God. Man. It's like literally like your favorite genre of fucking music is like new metal because you love your fucking corns. It's so over the top. Like new metal is so over the top. Everything about new metal is so over the top. I like two. But new then when metal it comes, like but then when it comes to like disco, oh, two over the top. I don't like that. Like, did motherfucker, like your favorite fucking band is two over the top. Jesus, I like Christ. two new metal bands. Jesus fucking Christ. God damn this fucking this fucking. Truly, really, it's supposed to be over the top. That's the point of it. Okay, but it That's doesn't make happening. it good. Just because it's over the top doesn't make it good. But that shouldn't be a complaint that oh, it's too over the top. Like, we, yeah. It's too over the top and not good. That's like making pizza. Not great. Oh, this tastes too much like pizza. Like, bitch, that's what it fucking is. Not a good comparison. It's, anyway. It's not a good? Well, I said it's not a good comparison. But that's well, first he says not a good, then he says not a good comparison. It's not a good. I was going to say something else, but then I stopped myself. Say it. Uh, fucking say, say it. Well, no. I'm good. I'm good. Well. <laughs> All right. So let's give our let's give our final thoughts on the soundtrack movie. Um, and then get, and get, and then rate it according to our world famous three point rating system. Where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're gonna continue continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. Uh, I think we should do both. I, I think we should do the soundtrack and the movie. Rate each of those. That's what right? I was gonna do. Okay. So what do you got? You didn't you didn't say ghost. I didn't know what to do. Um, so what do you got? Go. <laughs> Oh, I can't burp. Sorry, I uh, now I'm all like discombobulated because I burped and I don't know what to do. Uh, I think, up. I think the movie has it, it. It's it's set in time. This is a period piece that is not like Star Wars, where you can watch it now and be like, oh wow, this is still a really fucking solid story that hasn't really been told this this way, even still today when we're watching sci-fi movies today. Avatar, I'm looking at you. And so when you see like Saturday Night Fever, almost said live, when you see Saturday Night Fever, you're like, wow, this is a, this, I, I've heard about this disco thing. I, I do want to take Nick to this and I probably will next time it's in theaters, which will probably be this year at some point. I, I do want him to see this and just hear his, his, his thoughts and his opinions on it. Cause he's like 14 or 15 now. So he's old yeah. enough. Kids are getting shot in fucking schools all the time. Like what's, what's Saturday Night Fever going to hurt? Right. Eh, Jesus. Yeah. So it, it is it is stuck in time. It is stuck in a period where disco... Um, oh, my God, dude. We didn't even talk. Did you read about the fucking... Oh, dude. I do have more notes. Oh, okay. Well, let's get into that. Yeah. I do have more notes. I do have more notes. So disco... Okay, so two things. Did you read about the the disco demolition night? No, I did not. And then did you read about... Fuck, I had another one. I had another talking point, too, that I just forgot right now. But let's go to this disco demolition night. Um, okay. Disco Demolition Night was this 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 thing that they did with the Chicago White Sox versus the Tigers baseball teams, and mm-hmm. one of the DJs was like, "Oh yeah, let's 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 draw more people into our shitty fucking teams, and let's have people bring a disco album, 
and we'll put it in a big pile in the middle of the outfield and we'll blow it up. We will we will set charges and we will explode these records in the middle of a baseball field. And they did. They they, they thought like 5,000 people would show up and like 25,000 people showed up. And they had this big pile of, of disco records in the middle. I have another talking point too. We, they have a big pile of disco records in the middle of the outfield and they, they, they blew them up. They exploded them. Why? Why? Be, what year was this? This was 1978, maybe like a year after this movie came out. What? Or the same year it came out. God, no, this, no, because this movie came out. And loved it. People hated it. So, so that's another talking point, I guess. Um, but after they blew it up, uh, it got rowdy. It got really rowdy. It got rowdy to the point where people were running on the field attacking players. They were fucking just... They, they, somebody like dug a hole in the outfield that was like eight feet deep and just fucking annihilated the field. They were tearing down the, the foul ball posts. They were stealing shit. There were thousands of people running onto the field. And this 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 VJ was just like, oh, I think I fucked up. And so then obviously the players had to evacuate. Everybody had to evacuate because this was in between a doubleheader. This is in between yeah. one game, in between the second game. And so after this happened, there was a huge decline in disco sales after this. And so people think that this was like the end of disco. But then also like another <laughs> another another uh, thing about why people think disco ended was because essentially it was uh, it was like racist. People think that 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 people were tired of of gays and minorities having their own thing therefore it had to be destroyed and that's a whole mm. other subsect subgenre of of things which was really interesting to read about i don't agree i don't disagree i think it's just really interesting she read mm-hmm. about it and another thing was the whole reason why saturday night fever even exists was because it was based off of an article oh, written yeah. i do read about this to the new yorker by an english guy who supposedly experienced the entirety of saturday night fever live he 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 went out and he was like, oh, I'm going to cover this disco craze. And he, he, according to his article, he met somebody like Tony, if not named Tony. And then mm. all of the events in the movie were pretty much in line with what he said. Come to find out, that's all a fucking lie. It's all, like, I yeah, never, it was all fake. Never left his fucking hotel. I left his hotel like once, got scared and went back to his hotel. All a fucking lie. <laughs> I think that's incredible. And then, I think uh, so too, yeah. And like the maxi singles, so like the singles, the twelve-inch singles have been around decades before the, the disco craze for sure. But disco popularized the maxi single, the maxi single, which would later on become really popular with like '80s music because of a lot of remixes and things like that. But you can't do a lot of like cool extended dance beats on 45s, and then you don't want like a full LP because there's a lot of songs in that you just can't dance to. So mm. RSO, the biggest. Uh, a record label or no RSO I think owned TK Records TK Records was the one that put out a lot of 12 inch maxi singles which either had one two three three mixes on each side of the same song so you could transition between you could buy two of those singles and have you know a, a 10 minute song that's just all dancing and I think that's cool yeah because again that's kind of like we are seeing DJs now right this is precursor to hip hop that's what hip hoppers do, except now they're just yeah. doing like the break beats and stuff and rapping over it. But disco did it first. No, you're right. You're right. So, Whew. so there it is. So back to you, the movie. you mean it. You mean instead of using like the, like a seven inch forty five, right? They, using they were 12 doing inch. like the big twelve inch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay. The, ma- the, ma- the forty five. Is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? A maxi single? I, I, 
I see them all. We have a lot of them at the record store. They just don't sell. Yeah, they but, don't sell. I, there's always like you, I, anytime I go into a record, or not anytime, but sometimes sometimes when I go into a store, there's like one guy going through all of the singles, and yeah. he'll have like a pile of just fucking singles. And you know like, that guy's a fucking that, like that guy probably records music or does something, and that's cool yeah. that he's doing that. Um, but otherwise, it's just they're fucking worthless because the same it's song, tried, yeah, four different remixes, and like who cares really if you're not dancing? <laughs> I guess true, yeah. But I don't know this this movie this movie did something did something for music like all of these things I just said all of these 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 things and in, in, in vinyl right and then we see Travolta play like vinyl he pulls out he brings a he brings a Tavares record to the first rehearsal with Stephanie yeah and he's like oh yeah let's put this on see if you like this and he puts on a record and that, that was kind of cool I, I thought, thought that was, was cool fun. too like he's like kind of just carrying around the records and yeah man. I don't know it's just yeah man. kind of even though we we been you know knee deep in all of this vinyl stuff like just seeing it in a movie like seeing somebody carry around a record and like putting the needle on it it's just i don't know man it's just you kind of forget like that's the only form of music at that time so cool yeah it it really is so i think i think saturday night fever as like a concept is 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 bigger than it as a movie as a movie the writing's fine. It's a little glossed over on the parts that should not have been glossed over on. But mm-hmm. as a concept, I mean, as a as a institution, dude, Saturday Night Fever is fucking fantastic. It's one of the greats, one of the greats for sure. So, like with that, I give Saturday Night Fever the movie a two point five. And for all those same reasons, I also give the soundtrack a two point five. With the caveat that, again, on a rainy day in fucking December, I'm probably not going to throw on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. But yeah, if it's like Friday night, I got nothing to do. I'm coming with brewskis deep. I'm gonna throw on the switch, play some Doom. Fuck yeah, I'll throw on Saturday Night Fever. Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was in front to back, and I'm have a great time. So my my final thoughts, movie wise, I think aesthetically this is this is fantastic. It looks great. It's grimy. It has the fashion. Everything. I mean, we we talked about you know just this the scenery. Also. also they actually filmed the entirety of this movie in was it Brooklyn? Was it Brooklyn where they filmed it? Yeah, it was close to whatever that bridge that was. Yeah, the Bay Bay Bridge or something. Not Bay Bridge. That's San Francisco. But um, but you know, no, no, Bridge. Bay Ridge. I think it was just Bay Ridge actually. Yeah. So so they actually filmed it all within that neighborhood, that area, and I thought that was really cool. So you really kind of get that that feel of of it all and um. Yeah, so I think that part of the movie is fantastic. The writing is, it's rough. It's not very good. The dancing, fucking amazing. John Travolta absolutely kills it. The acting is good. Like, the, all of them do a really good job. And from what I, what I read, too, I think it was like, four, they said 40% of the people that were in the movie had never been in a movie before. They were just like local actors, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, considering the budget was so small, they really kind of went grassroots and they kind of, got local talent which is rad um so i like all that all that but then yeah the writing's not very good um the story is eh, it's it's iffy soundtrack wise yes it's iconic but it's only iconic because it's been shoved down our throats for decades the songs are fine but they're just fine like really there's nothing that great about the bg songs so movie wise i'm gonna give this a you know, honestly, movie and soundtrack wise, I'm gonna give this a 1.75 because 
I will never go back to the movie. I will never go back to the soundtrack willingly, like unless it's on and I'm just hearing it in the background. I'm never going to go back to it. And nothing about this, nothing about this is overtly bad, but yeah, I'm never going to go back. So 1.75 out of three. Okay. Okay. That's, that's what I give it. Yeah. Cause lyrically it's, it's just, it's garbage. Dumb. Okay. Right. But um, yeah. So you give this. Would you give this a two point five? Two point five all around, baby. Two point five. I give it a one point seven five out of three. So uh, do we have anything else on this? That's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Five stars only. Tell your friends, and um, you know what else to do. So go do it. And that's it. That's all. Don't you forget it. <laughs> I do want to mention the pizza slice. Next time I get pizza, I'm fucking stacking them like that. I've never done that in my life. <laughs> well, I thought he just folded them. I didn't know he stacked he them. Stacked I thought he stacked them. He fucking stacked. I deposit. Okay. Like, is he fucking? Is he stacking pizza slices just on top could, of each other? <laughs> not like a, not like a, a, a fucking calzone. Like one on top of the other. Huh? Like yeah. See, I thought he folded, and I even thought that I'm like, damn, that pizza looks good. I even said it too, and Tammy's like, you don't even like New York pizza. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I do. I like New York pizza. It's not the best. Not like a yeah, Sopranos no. ending. We need an ending. And Saturday, if you were fucking, di- it did it, dude. Had an ambiguous ending there, dude. Well, I don't know about that's that. That's great. I, I don't. I don't love. I don't love the ending to this one where they're just kind of like, yeah, let's just be friends. Like you're not lovers, yeah. Not that friends. was so lean, so lame, so lean. But that's that's pretty lean though. That's pretty lean there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I I loved and hated it though. It was a love hate relationship. I loved it because it was amazing. It was one of the craziest experiences I've ever I've ever done, dude. New Year's Eve on New York in New York on New York on New York. I, I was on top of New York. New Year's <laughs> Eve in New York, un un fucking real, unreal. <laughs>